This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to... We're watching here, we're watching here... This is Opinionated Movie Talk with Chris and Perry. My name is Chris Williams. With me, he's the David Letterman to my Paul Hogan, Perry Seibert. <laughs> I was hoping to be the Maya Rudolph to your Kristen Wiig. Oh, uh, you know what? But I was thinking about this even before last night. I was like, what is my, uh, what's my intro going to be? And I wanted to go with two of the most obscure uh, Oscar hosts. I can Oscar hosts in history. Yes, I was with you. I got it. <laughs> How are you doing, Perry? I'm still groggy, man. We are recording this the Monday after the Oscars aired, and so I can't go to sleep after the Oscars. <laughs> I had a very short night. I went to work today, man. I am tired, but I'm so happy to keep talking about this show. <laughs> See, I went to bed right about 1130. Uh, right, almost as soon as it was done, I shut my laptop, turned the TV off, turned off the lights, and went to bed and got a nice sleep. I, I was pretty happy, but there's definitely been those nights where the oscar ends a certain way and you're like up the whole night stewing on it so, so yeah yeah i'm a little better for the wear than you are um and this is gonna be our oscar talk we're talking oscars tonight um so before we get into that though a couple bits of housekeeping uh one this is gonna be our season finale uh after this episode we're gonna take a little bit of a break just about probably two months or so, and return in late April or early May, just in time for summer. Uh, so so we'll be back, just a little short break to get through some schooling issues and kind of give us a break because it kind of just feels like Oscar is a nice little end to the movie season. And take a little breather, come back, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of stuff to talk about in the summer, and uh, we'll get a nice list of stuff coming on. So, uh, so we're going away briefly. We will be back uh, this spring. So do not delete our uh, do not delete our RSS feed. Uh, so we will be here. <laughs> so second, before we get into Oscars, Perry, what have you been watching? Uh, I'll be honest, Chris. I, I I rarely do this, but I've actually uh, I I have been binging uh, TV. Oh, really? Rather than movies, uh, uh, more often than not lately, uh, because I finally, after many, many people telling me I should watch this, uh, I have dove deep and long into the world of Peaky Blinders. Oh, really? I have not yes. watched that. Uh, I love Stephen Knight as a writer and director. I think he's super talented. This is a series he created. Uh, it's it's it is it is uh, it is the it, it, structurally it's basically the Godfather set in Britain uh, at the beginning of the show uh, just past World War One, uh, and it's it's going to go seven seasons. They just finished season five. I'm just finishing up season four. Uh, Stephen Knight wrote every episode of this thing, uh, and it's uh, it's Killian Murphy is a the leader of this uh, incredibly violent uh, British gangsters who are who come up from the hard scrabble of Birmingham. Uh, and and uh, eventually wormed their way higher and higher in in, uh, in British society by fighting gangsters from all over the world. It's it just scratches an itch I never mind having scratched. <laughs> it's thoroughly enjoyable. I have I've heard many people uh, who love that show. I have not gotten around to that one, but it's Netflix, right? Uh, Netflix has yes has the okay. previous ones. I will uh, once things slow down. I might have to add that. Uh, anything else you've been seeing? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't th- – I just I just spent – you know, you spend the month before the Oscars, if you're anything like me, re-watching stuff and ending up showing it to people who haven't seen stuff yet. And so it's been a lot of uh, – you know, I, I get to revisit 1917. Uh, I saw Little Women a third time. Uh, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of that. It's a lot of, you know, feeling guilty about when you make your top 10 list and realizing, oh no, I should have had this over here and that over there. And, uh, that's, that's, that's been pretty much it. That and, uh, that and enjoying the, all the Paul Schrader films that are, that are on the Criterion channel. That's, that's been what I've been doing. Well, that sounds like a nice segue because what I've been watching, uh, 
people who listen to this podcast might remember that a few episodes ago, I made a New Year's resolution to really dip into that Criterion collection and do three a month. And I am happy to say, in January, I watched three movies from the Criterion Collection. Yay! And uh, one of them was one of the Paul Schrader ones. I did watch Hardcore, which we talked briefly about on, I think, one of our last episodes. And uh, I think I felt the same way as you did. I I don't think it's great. I think it's kind of a mess. But uh, I'm really glad I saw it. It, It's it's an interesting movie. Yeah, he is, uh, with rare exception a fabulous writer. (laughs) And so even his worst films have usually at least one, if not many passages that are absolutely worth your time. And that film is, is a prime example of that. And it's far from his worst movie by any means, but yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's a relationship between the main character. Who's this religious father searching for his daughter who went missing in the uh, LA porn scene, but the relationship between him and the sex worker who kind of guides him through things. And, there's some really great passages in there uh, that I that I liked. Um, so I'm glad I saw that. I wanted to take a break from some of the Disney stuff my kids are watching over and over and watch a movie with them. So I decided to see how they would do with a little bit of uh, Charlie Chaplin. And we watched The Kid. One, Interesting. Uh, one and, how did uh, that go? My four-year-old could have cared less. Could not yeah. have cared less. Um, she was kind of bored. But my son, he's eight, and he was really wrapped up in it. Um, Excellent. I, he he didn't like he didn't laugh as much as I thought, but he was really wrapped up in the emotional story. The you know the the fate of the kid as he's kind of taken away by the orphanage and things like that. Uh, he was really drawn up in that because I, I think silent films are just really a good thing to show kids because those emotions are all right there and there's not a lot they have to parse through. So it was it was fun to watch it with him. Um, Superb. So yeah, that was good. And then the last one I watched right before it left was the last detail. Oh, which I love that movie. And uh, we had talked about Hal Ashby before, and he's definitely someone I have some blind spots on. So I wanted to see that uh, also because we've also talked about Last Flag Flying, which is a very loose sequel to this. Um, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I loved watching uh, Jack Nicholson in this. Just yeah, kind of on the cusp of being Jack, and uh, it just a, a really interesting mix of just kind of a, there's a lot of ingrained cynicism about institutions in there, but also just a really kind heart to it, and uh, just just a really I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I was it, it made me happy. I decided to dip into the Criterion stuff. Um, Good. And then one other movie I do want to mention since it's our season finale. Um, this is not a Criterion movie by any stretch of the imagination, although I believe one of his films is in the Criterion Collection, it's Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. <laughs> oh, you saw that! I oh, saw that. Oh, my word. Um, it is the best thing that Kevin Smith has made in ten years, but <laughs> please consider everything that That doesn't that mean means. it's good. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, it is definitely right. playing to his strengths, um, I do think maybe his visual skills have actually gotten worse in the last decade, uh, because <laughs> it, it, it's a very ugly looking film. Um, it plays to his strength. So it's a podcast. Is it, it's, me? <laughs> it is literally the only film I've ever seen where one of the production credits is his podcast company. It is of a course. smodcast of movie. Course. Um, yeah, I mean, him and Jason Mewes were too old to do this back when Clerks 2 came out, but now when you watch a 50-year-old Jason Mewes <laughs> trying to do this, it, it feels a little rough, but uh, I will also say, as someone who really enjoyed the View Askew movies back in the 90s and early 2000s, it hit some moments. There's some moments that I, I did chuckle at, and... There's a really great moment for Chasing Amy fans, uh, and there, there's kind of a sweet side to it that kind of gets you through the very rough patches, but uh, if you've seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, this is very much a almost word-for-word remake of that movie. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's definitely for fans only, and it's probably for a very small portion of those fans. Um <laughs> But it, it did it did scratch a little nostalgic itch. It did kind of feel good to see Jason Lee pop up or Ben Affleck pop up. And uh, 
there were worse ways to spend a Saturday night, even if there were many better ways to spend a Saturday night. <laughs> so, Excellent. I'm, I'm glad you did not find it to be a waste of time. <laughs> I didn't go that far. but <laughs> <laughs> A complete waste of time. Okay, okay there, there we go. Okay. There we go. But we will, we will see from talking about movies that do not belong in the awards conversation to talk about the awards themselves. Last night was the Academy Awards. We stayed up, watched the whole thing. Perry is tired. You heard me. I'm not tired. Um, Perry, you are one of the biggest Oscar fans I know. Every year you get excited when everyone is saying, Oscars don't matter. I'm tired of the Oscars. You are so excited (laughs) about it every year, and I love it. I am. So... Let's just start. Let's let. I'll give you the floor. What did you think about this year's show? Uh, the show itself was uh, was nothing terribly special for me. The Oscar telecast. I I, I don't. I I I do. I don't care about the ratings for the Oscar telecast. Mm-hmm. I only care about it for what it. How you know how the Academy overreacts to it and decides to instill change. <laughs> in the actual awards process for me the oscar telecast is always at its best when there is a genuine surprise and what i'm talking about is in who wins an award i do not i do i don't at seeing eminem finally perform <laughs> lose yourself <laughs> at the oscars was a surprise and it wasn't an unwelcome one but that's not what i'm talking about when i'm talking about a surprise i'm talking about the complete shock uh, late in the show when Bong Joon-ho won Best Director. Yes. That's the first point where I went, okay, now this is really interesting. Because, no, I, I, that, I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> at all. I, uh, you know, I, I, well, I would have bet on Mendy's. And if it wasn't going to be Mendy's, I would have bet on Tarantino. I thought okay. this would be their chance to do this. Uh, I did not see that coming uh, I mean, I mean, it's reasonable. He had he he was not a completely unreasonable shot at the point that point in the evening, having done so well earlier. Uh, but boy, that was uh, that was something. And of course, it was a it was it heralded the Best Picture award, which uh, was another genuine sort of great moment mm-hmm. for me. And I've thought a lot about it since then. It's probably why I didn't sleep enough, Chris. <laughs> I think that. You know, in politics, we throw around the phrase, uh, you know, a transformative candidate, mm-hmm. someone who truly changes the political landscape. This this feels like a transformative thing for the Academy. They have spent 10 years making a concerted effort to make the the votership younger and to weed out, you know, all of the older members of the Academy who weren't voting, who weren't putting in the time to see stuff. I have uh, I, I am on record as being very dubious about the preferential ballot for best picture. It's it's a double edged sword. I understand the good and the bad, but for me, I I I, I am predisposed to disliking it because in a case where there's a film that is utterly divisive and really groundbreaking that 30 percent of the Academy thinks is an absolute brilliant ahead of its time masterpiece and uh you know maybe another 30 percent wouldn't touch (laughs) for anything (laughs) leaving the ground that i think in a preferential ballot really gets hurt by that 30 percent really hating it uh i i think that if you know if you go for a a classic you know you get one vote for the best picture and the thing that gets the most votes wins i i think if there's a film that 30 percent think is really amazing if there isn't a consensus other pick for a better film i don't know why that film shouldn't win and i think it will prevent truly groundbreaking work from ever winning and i'm i'm i still think that's true i don't think the parasite is groundbreaking i think it's great i, I there are other films up that i liked better i would have put parasite fourth if i would if i'd had a preferential ballot uh I think it's really good, and I think it's really exciting that it won. And I think that it shows that all the effort that the Academy has put into making the Academy vote body more diverse age-wise, more diverse culturally, is really paying off. This is 
the most like international Oscars I've ever seen. And it's kind of really exciting to see. Uh, I, I, this, this will change what I think can win best picture going forward. And I can't remember the last time I thought that with the best picture winner. You know, I remember it was two years ago when Moonlight won. And I remember thinking, wow, that's, yes. that is a bold choice. That is not the movie I expected to win. Maybe things are changing. And then Green Book won, which seemed to be, you know, that's the safe choice. That's the down exactly. the middle. And so going in there, that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, Moonlight was a little anomaly. Green Book is kind of more what I expect from the Academy. So 1917, which I should say is a movie I like quite a bit. I thought that was going to be your safe winner tonight. That's the movie that's right down the middle, kind of, you know, pleases everyone, which without doing much that I thought was, you know, sticking to the ribs. But I'm like, the, the closer we got to the Oscars, I was like, you know, I would really like Parasite to pull this off. I would love to see Parasite win, uh, <laughs> even if it was my number two, like right under the Irishman. I was like, I, I would just love to see that. I would love to see them go for this movie uh, for the history making of it, of it being the first foreign language film to win, for Bong Joon Ho, who is a director I like, and I am going to walk in on Sunday and I am going to be disappointed from the start because I know it's not going to happen. And I think about ten o'clock, <laughs> about ten o'clock, I was starting to get tired and I was starting to consider: do I just DVR the rest or something, and then go to bed? And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of want to stick it out. I knew we were going to be talking about it. I was tweeting it. And I think it was either the moment when Parasite won screenplay or Best International Feature, I started to just pay attention to the response it would get when it won, which was insane. Just the amount of cheers rising up over everything. Yeah. And I started to get a sense of like, I, I wonder if Parasite has a shot here. Uh, because the response that was just huge. And then when... When Bong Joon Ho won Best Director, it, it was kind of like, okay, now now this is a show, and I want to see what happens. And I, my wife was sleeping in the other room; she wasn't feeling too good, and I was terrified I woke her up when I cheered when Parasite won Best Picture. Um, <laughs> I, I I was thrilled. I, I I love this movie. I've been telling everyone I know to go see it and uh, not to learn anything about it ahead of time. Um, it's such a movie of the moment. I think everyone, everything that Joker supporters say, it's saying about you know class warfare. Parasite's actually saying and doing interesting things with, and it's just it, it was probably my favorite in theater experience this year was watching that. So I was just I was thrilled, and then the fact that Bong Joon Ho knows how to give a speech just made it so much better. That uh, that 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 director speech. Yes, you wonder if everybody only gets forty five seconds to speak. Do you do you get ninety seconds if you have an interpreter up with you? This was the question <laughs> I had. I was worried they would play off the interpreter. Uh, I, I loved when he uh, when he called out Martin Scorsese, which I, I just like as much as I would have loved I, to I, see him get the best director. I think this was even better. I, I'm obsessed by standing ovations at the Oscars. I always note whoever gets the first one. I usually note them throughout the evening. And I have never in my however many years of watching the Oscar telecast, I don't remember ever for a regular award someone else getting a standing ovation. Like they weren't already standing yeah. for the person. They stood for this other person who this person referenced. Yeah. I don't ever remember that happening. And yeah, for someone who, you know, you know, has, has, you know, Marty, <laughs> Marty wants to, wants you to know where he came from. And I don't mean him. I mean, artistically, he wants you to know what came before. <laughs> so you can understand what's happening now. And I think to be, yeah, to be, to be in that moment being told that, yes, all of your work is ongoing now. We, we are studying you. We, you, you are in. You are there. You, you are the heroes that you always had. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful moment, and uh, it was really great. 
as as a Marty fan, it was it, it you know it was even better than him taking a little nap during Eminem's performance. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was, I loved it. Well, and what I loved about it too is I, there is a lot of love for Scorsese as a director, as a defender of cinema. But what often gets lost is also just how essential he's been in working with other filmmakers, young filmmakers, to give them their shot, to champion their works. And I felt like yeah, this was just a nice way to recognize that. And uh, also a nice little, and also Todd Phillips at the, <laughs> at the end of that speech. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, that was fascinating for me, was Parasite winning that. Um, and I think it's really fascinating, too, if you look at, all the best director winners of the last few years, it was, I mean, since 2013, you've had Ang Lee, Alfonso Cuaron, Iñárritu, uh, twice. Yep. And Guillermo Qu- del Toro. Cuaron again. Yep, and Cuaron again, and Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Yes, the only, the only uh, American-born man <laughs> to win the award uh the only uh, the only solo uh, american man uh to win that award since scorsese won it for the departed i believe is uh dominic giselle for la la land i believe you're right yeah i don't think there's uh, the the cone brothers uh, of course sneaking in there they, they're the duo but but the, other than that yeah this award has been international for a while yeah yeah, it's, and it, it is it, it's fascinating. And I think that's what you're saying too is I mean there's just you're starting to see that infusion of new blood in there which I think just makes it a more exciting award show even if the telecast still feels a bit awkward to me. Oh yeah. But Oh yeah. And and for me it's not just that Parasite wins and what that means it's the fact and and, and when I talk about it being transformative it's not just that you know that wins uh, you know you i i, I we, we've discussed over and over your feelings about joker but i don't think we can dismiss in context the fact that you know yes the film that won the most awards and the film that got the most nominations were two different films both that were very much dealing with the political argument of the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> about wealth inequality uh, I I think that's fascinating. I, I I think that's part of the reason Joker did really well. And looking now, you can see. Oh, this is why it was this piece of, you know, it, it was this giant hit that also at least was really trying to talk about some of this. May not have been that artful about it. May not have really had anything to say. This is debatable, but it was there. <laughs> It, it certainly at least tried to address it, even in the most facile of ways. And I think that that's part of the reason it was the most nominated film now, I, which is remarkable, seeing as it only got one one acting nomination. It's usually multiple acting nominations that get a film up there, you know, as the most nominated film. I, I, the the whole the whole process now, I, like I said, I just this is what I keep thinking about. It's changed. The voting body has changed, and uh. You know, I hope, I believe for the better. I hope for the better. And it makes me super excited to see what happens next year. Yeah, yeah. Now, they didn't, not everything was kind of transformative. Renee Zellweger oh, no. still won. Uh, and, yes. and I, I will Sometimes go on. the I, Oscar fish still bites at the Oscar bait. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I do think it, it's, you're starting to see a little bit of a, I, I don't know, the, there, there seems to be this embrace of maybe, I don't want to say dangerous movies, but movies that are about something kind of kind of taking this. And that's been interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I, I like you said, I don't think Joker, I don't think Joker succeeded at what it was trying to do. But I will applaud it for taking that chance. Um, and then I think Parasite kind of built on the desire that people had to kept on and wrestle with that. Uh, there's there is a there is a great article uh podcast episode to be devoted to comparing and contrasting these two movies because i i i I, for for me and i let's get i want to be very clear as, as we get into this a little bit 
Parasite is 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 a better film than Joker, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Uh, but for me, why Parasite is you know fourth on my list if I'm ranking all of the Best Picture nominees uh, is you know, and we're gonna we will we will try we will try we will attempt to continue being a spoiler free zone here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's a decision. There, there is a story decision an hour into this movie that I don't want to say turns it on its ear, but it goes somewhere unexpected. Yes. And for me, that feels like I would I would have I would love the film as much as everybody else does if they had figured out how to maintain that perfect comedy of manners everybody's kind of horrible tone that they have for the first hour in a straightforward manner. I think they couldn't figure out how to do it <laughs> or they weren't interested in figuring that out. And so we spend an hour doing another thing, which is very entertaining. I, I have no problem with the decision. <laughs> I like the movie a great deal. I think it's a very, very good piece of work. Wonderfully directed. Uh, uh, you know, to get to uh, a, 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 a very grand ending and then, you know, that the, the footnote, the, the, the denouement ending, which brings the point home that, that he's getting at. And I feel like, you know, I, I, I think the film, I think the film sacrifices really saying something in order to, as you have said numerous times, take you on a ride. And that's fine, but I, 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 that's for me what keeps it from being great. <laughs> it's very, very good. I love it. I'm thrilled it won. It's a deserving winner for Best Picture. But for, just from a, sheer, from a sheer taste standpoint for me, this is why I kind of like take a step back from Parasite. Just, okay, and just a hair. As much as everybody loves it, it's why I am. It's why I am a step back from everybody else who loves it so much. And I feel like that moment, which again will stay spoiler free, and maybe when we come back, there's a parasite episode. But uh, I, I, that's the moment for me where the movie just went to a whole other level. Um, no pun intended. But yeah, it, it, like to me, that was like, oh, okay, this is. This is saying something very interesting that I'm very interested in now, and I have no idea what this movie is. And he brought it home for me. But again, I mean, it was number two on my list, so something was keeping it from the top. But you get into those, and it's all a matter of nuance. Of course. Of yep. course. Yes, we are We are splitting yep. hairs. Yep. Um, what is interesting is that the film that was both of our number one last year, The Irishman, was totally shut out, which shocked yeah. me. Yeah, and and really saddened me because I, I really like the Irishman, and I don't know if it was just this feeling that it's old hat for Scorsese, like among the voters, or if there's a Netflix bias or what. But I would like to see it get something. I, it, it's such a uh, such an achievement for so many of the people in there, and I would have loved to see Joe Pesci win. I think it's an absolute Netflix bias in this specific case all the studios could have made that and nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to put out the money. I think they don't want it to have existed. Unlike, you know, anybody could have done marriage story. <laughs> he just has a creative relationship at Netflix. So it's fine. Uh, uh, and it, it isn't some seemingly fantastic otherworldly thing like Roma was, which, you know, with, with someone that, you know, that it wasn't something so outrayed that that's why they wouldn't do it. You know, the, the no studio, every studio knows they were never going to make a, a mm -hmm. two and a half hour black and white Spanish movie, Spanish language movie. They, they're, they're just not. And so they can reward that, but they couldn't spend the money on the, to make the Irishman. <laughs> they just had to make Ant-Man and Wasp instead. So yes, I think that they're going to say, well, we're not going to vote for this because we're never going to make this. And I firmly believe that that's part of, you know, that's in deep down. That really is what I hope every academy thinking is, boy, that's the film I wish I'd made. 
and that I, I maybe could. I think it's I think the Oscars are aspirational for the people who make movies. Maybe I'm being very romantic about that, but it's how I've always felt. I'm like, this is the film I wish we had made. Or that's the performance I wish I could have, you know, directed or could have given or could have written. Uh, and and for that reason, uh, you know, the Irishman's was going to get shut out. <laughs> it had no chance. It, it, it's a shame, but uh, but I, I think Scorsese will be okay. I think he'll. <laughs> I do too. Um, I do too. I I still wish Pesci had won. I, that's the one that I think they could have and probably should have done. I wish Pesci had showed up, but. <laughs> No, no, he's retired. He didn't show up to anything all year. He wasn't at a single awards thing. He's the opposite of Joaquin Phoenix's uh, tuxedo. Man, Um, the same tuxedo to every single awards thing. It was so good. um, Speaking of Joaquin Phoenix, uh, he won Best Actor. And as much as I did not like Joker... I was really happy to see him finally win, even if I felt Adam Driver should have walked away with it. But it, it just is one of those things where I'm like, he does not have an Oscar by now. And I liked his speech. Um, so I, I was happy to see him win, even if I wish it had been for maybe the master or uh, something else he had done. But uh, yeah, I was I, I was happy to see him. Yeah, he's one of our best. I'm good with it. Uh, yeah, I, I have said all along, I never pinned myself down. I wouldn't want to have to decide between DiCaprio and Driver <laughs> for the, in that category. I, I couldn't, I, I don't want to have to figure out what I think is the best. Those were the two best performances out of those five. Uh, but Phoenix is, is fantastic. And, and if you're going to decide that it's a movie that deserves the most nominations for the year, boy, that's got to be the reason why <laughs> you're, you're selling it on him. And, uh, and you know, it works. I, I, I rewatched it this last weekend and was, I, 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 I still like the movie better than a lot of people. I think it is a genuinely interesting movie. And I'm not saying that, in, you know, in an offhanded way, I, I, I like it. Uh, and I like many of the choices he makes in it. I understand why many people don't. But, yeah, I'm fine with Joaquin Phoenix having an Oscar. I think it's a really good thing that Joaquin Phoenix has an Oscar now. <laughs> I was actually, up until about a week or two ago, I had been convinced that he won for Walk the Line. I I, I don't know where it lodged in my head that he had won for that. Nope. But, but he did not win for that, and that, that kind of surprised me to find out. Nope, um, that's how Reese got hers. But, no, he did not get his. What else he got, Barry? Uh... You know, uh, let's look at some let's look at some history. I'm pretty sure I, I I haven't bothered to look it all up, but I've asked and no one has told me different. I believe Laura Dern became the first acting uh, winner in an acting category who is the child of uh, two actors who both had multiple acting nominations but never won. <laughs> wow, that is a really specific bit of trivia. It, it really is, but I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of really like it. Um, and of course, we have the first ever uh, – we have the first ever woman to win the, the best score Oscar. And boy, if you'd think there was a category that should have probably had at least one woman win it by now <laughs> – you would have thought score wouldn't have been such a barrier. It's just stunning to think that to me. I don't know. I also uh, learned last. Me. I also learned last night they apparently don't let women conduct half the time. So like that was <laughs> shocking to me that it's the first time a woman conducted a selection at the Oscars. It's 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 something. It's it's it, it was it was great to see it because a it's super deserved. I mean, again, if you want to get into this, the score of Joker. Regardless of the movie, I mean, even if you don't like Phoenix in it, that score is hard to deny. That's a genius piece of work, and it's perfect for the movie. It absolutely helps the movie. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great moment. She gave a great speech. Uh, yeah, I, there were a lot there were there were a lot of really good speeches last night. Really enjoyable speeches, which is all I want 
from an Oscar telecast. I've said this forever. I don't need a production number. I need a couple of funny bits for hosts or presenters to do and let people who won talk. That's interesting to me. I understand it makes for lousy television. I understand I am not in the majority. But oh my gosh, when people do something really great in the acceptance speeches, that's, that is the surprise that I want. Well, and I feel that's, like... I feel like Brad Pitt set the bar high on that, too, right out of the gate. Because I loved his speech. Yes, it was very loose, especially for someone who knew he was going to win. Very comfortable, a tad political, very funny, uh, self-effacing, brilliant move to shout out to to stunt workers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it 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 was a great speech. Uh, they're really only only Renee Zelliger gave the bummer speech of the oh. night where you you can't ramble like that. If you're the favorite, you knew you were going to win. Yeah. Come on. You, you, if you're a surprise winner, I will accept a rambling speech like that. But oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. When she started on. thanking or mentioning Venus and Serena Williams, I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and like there were a few what the hell was going on here like I thought Joaquin Phoenix's speech about cow insemination was uh that kind of took me aback I did not expect that but that was a that's good his, what that's the hell. his thing yeah that's that was his a... thing if you're deep into this you you you, you it was not a surprise he was well and that's kind of what you want to see is kind of one of those baffling what's going on but I didn't know what was going on with Renee Zellweger in a bad way like <laughs> like yes and I, the only solution they had was to play her off with Pirates of the Caribbean music, which I don't know why they did that. That wasn't one of her movies. <laughs> I, that's what. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know what the I, I don't know what the definitive piece of music to use from Jerry Maguire is. <laughs> I don't I don't have any idea. Uh, it would be uh, what was it? Secret Garden? Uh, maybe. Was, was it? Was that the movie? Yeah, probably Secret Garden. I mean, I. Just remember Tom Cruise screaming uh, through Free Fallen in his car <laughs> in that movie. That's what I remember best. Or having the entire acad- academy stand up and shout out, you complete me, and just get her off the stage that way. That would have worked fine. I did love everybody at the end uh, demanding that the lights come back up so yes. that the female producer of Parasite could talk. That was fantastic. That yes. was fantastic. Um, pretty much any time Parasite won an award, I I thought the speeches were great. I love the moment where Bong Joon Ho is just letting his co-writer speak, and he's just <laughs> admiring and giggling at his little Oscar. Like yes. I love that. Oh, that was so great. And then I don't know if you saw the picture this morning of him making his Oscars kiss, which just kiss. Yes, I, I did. See oh, that I story, loved yes. that. I loved that. Um. Yeah, and I thought – I was talking to my boss this morning. We were just kind of chatting about the Oscars. I loved how everything was kind of spread around. There there wasn't – like I, I, you kind of get that momentum on some movies where it's like, all right, this is 1-8 already. We know where this is going. But I had no idea where anything was going until we got to that last half hour. And yep. I felt like everything was awarded the way it should be. Like – 1917, which I don't think is a movie we've talked about on this podcast. Um, I, it winning all those technical awards, to me, that's exactly what that movie deserved. Was awards for cinematography, just to honor, you know, just the one-shot nature of it, the, the gorgeous look of it, and a movie that is so technical that I spent the entire time asking how they did everything but to the detriment where it kind of kept me at arm's length from the actual story, which is why I didn't uh-huh. have it on my top 10 list. But uh, it, it's a movie that I, I really appreciate, but I just never felt like I felt it was so well made that it kept me from really appreciating the human part of it. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, I, I tended to chalk it up to as, uh, yeah, as well made as it is. And it, it is, it's beautifully mm-hmm. made and it is, it is beautifully written. It is there. There are there is just really lovely, beautiful, uh, humane moments that uh, they arrive at very, uh, you know, very naturally uh, and very beautifully throughout the movie, uh, if not entirely on point. That 
I mean, I everything about that film is beautifully crafted. Uh, my biggest complaint isn't that it, that kept me from being emotionally involved. It was, well, it's a war film. He's going to succeed. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> I don't know how, you know, it's, he's going to make it. I know he's going to make it. There's really no doubt he's going to make it. <laughs> so I, I was never like, you know, and even if he doesn't make it, you know, the good guys win that war. So, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's hard it's hard to get kind of really wrapped up in it for that very reason. Um, but yes, it's it's a it's a very good movie. I I I am I am a fan of 1917. One of my biggest regrets is that I watched that on a screener at home and did not get to see it in the theaters. I, I would have loved to go see that on a bigger screen. But it was one of those ones we popped in a screener and watched that and lose a little something when it's in the living room. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel Maybe. like I was talking to uh, to someone who saw it on IMAX, and I feel like that would have been an incredible way to catch it. But maybe I'll run out and see it sometime when uh, when time allows. It's an interesting question. I mean, if what you're sa- I mean, if we're if we're really going to parse this, I mean, you're saying that it's it's so extravagantly well made that you just keep asking yourself, well, how did they do that? Well, mm-hmm. why wouldn't that just double down on a large screen? I mean, it's like, is the, that's not going to make it a, more of an emotional experience, is it? I just would have liked to be able to soak everything in. I, I just feel like Fair. you lose the detail when you're watching Fair. it at home. On, uh, so so that's about it. I, I think you just it, – it's not as immersive. But I don't know that it would have helped me to, you know, care more about the characters or anything like that. I, I feel like that was just something that was not going to happen for me. But, uh, Interesting. But I still really like the movie. I, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, it's just one of those things that kept it from being great. It was very good for me. Yeah. And so. I, think that's, I think that's the exact right response to 1917. <laughs> that's very good. That's a good piece of work. Good <laughs> on you. Good job, Sam. Yes, exactly. Good job, Sam. Were there any awards you thought were just, oh, that was the wrong choice, that was a bummer, or... Um, uh, uh, there, it really, n- nothing, nothing hideous. Um, there were ones that were just like, eh, I mean, Toy Story 4. Yeah, that was eh, the one for me. Eh. And I, I like honestly, Toy Story 4. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But I, eh. I just, there, there were two really great Netflix animated movies. Uh, I Lost My Body and I Klaus. really liked Klaus. And I would have loved to see one of them win it. Um, I, I, I like Toy Story, but it's just Toy Story 4, but it's just the uh, it's the Pixar thing. It's just what Pixar does, and I feel it just gets obligatory after over a time, because I like all four Toy Stories. I don't know that I would say Toy Story 4 is top of the heap for me. No. No, it, it, it is not. Uh, I will say I thought the funniest uh, the, the funniest uh, uh, how do I want to phrase this? The, the funniest uh, poor but understandable uh, understandable choice of poor wording uh, came from Bernie Taupin when he and Elton John won the Oscar for best song uh, for a song no one remembers. The uh, when he said he talked about how you know finally winning this award with Elton, they'd never been nominated for an Oscar together before. And when he appeared, and he said, "I just don't have the words," and I literally shut up my TV screen. That's your job. Your job <laughs> is to have the words. You're the lyricist. How, how do you not have the no bad word choice? Bad word choice, Bernie. Come on, do better. I did like them winning, not because I like the song particularly, but uh, I, I just feel like the best parts of that movie were. Elton and Bernie, this, their story. Of so course. It just felt like a nice little capper to that, even. Of I don't even course. know what other... Well, no, I do think that that song from Harriet, that was my first time hearing that. But uh, but hearing that performance, I was like, oh, there, there's your winner. That's That's got to win. And I don't know. I guess he had to go with Elton John because he was there. But <laughs> I found all five of the songs uh, 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 utterly forgettable. None of them bad. But just like I, I do, I retain none of them. And usually, when Randy Newman writes that, that's the song that wins. 
Like, <laughs> if I told you the two songs he's got his Oscars for from his 22 nominations now, 21, 23, something like that, you you would not remember them. I guarantee it. It's the songs from Toy Story 3 and Monsters, Inc. Uh, Scott Wampler tweeted out last night. I had to look this up while you were talking. Uh, Randy Newman built an entire career on what if I played this piano while singing like I had a traumatic head injury, and I respect the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Randy. I will, I will accept no diss of Randy. Randy's, Randy's a god, man. Randy's, Randy's not messing around with anybody. I love, I love Randy Newman. So... <laughs> That's fine. I wish, uh, I mean, as, that score for Joker's great. I would have loved if he'd won score for Marriage Story. That would have been fantastic. I would have loved, I would love for him to have both a song and score Oscar. That'd be fantastic. And it could easily still happen in this life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, going back, because you had mentioned the Joker score, and I didn't say anything, but I will 100% agree with you on Joker score. Like, I, the thing yeah. I think about that movie and why I think so many people do walk out with such a powerful experience it's a it it hits you emotionally like the surface level stuff is there that movie looks phenomenal that looks like it that is a gritty ugly movie that that just sears itself onto your eyes and then that soundtrack is just that score just there's so much dread in every note of that yeah and i think that's why so many people walk out really impacted by that because it does grab you. I mean, it is a visceral experience when you're watching that movie. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was really glad to see that score win. It is a good score. And I love that they did it. They did it. Pardon the pun. Old school. They, they, <laughs> they, they compiled her score and played it on the set. She wrote it from the screenplay. They, you know, they didn't shoot it and then affix music to it. Uh, and that's just stunning that they let the they let the music be the 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 emotional true north for them that they could all align to way while while making the movie. It's fantastic. It's and just she, fantastic. And she met it by their due date. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, well so, done. We're so witty. <laughs> I, I was gonna say if Todd Phillips had one last night, it was it would have been a legacy award for due date, but. Uh... <laughs> Uh, hangover two. Hangover uh, I, two. Oh, good lord! Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, the, the Toy Story win, I was kind of eh about. Um, is I, I, Taika Waititi winning? I love Taika Waititi, but I feel like I don't know. There's something about Jojo Rabbit's screenplay that just did not totally gel with me. Like it, it's a very pat screenplay in many ways. I feel. But I like Taika so much, so I I I would have liked to have seen many other people in that category win that award. <laughs> but That's I will. All I'm going to say <laughs> I will. I will say it is a legacy award for what we do in the shadows, which uh, <laughs> I still think is one of the best comedies of the last ten years, and uh, I, I've loved watching him. But I I feel like Jojo Rabbit being the one he's getting all the recognition for. I'm like, gosh, he's done so much better work this this whole decade uh and i like jojo rabbit i enjoy jojo rabbit but uh it's definitely not up there with hunt for the wilder people or what we do in the shadows and i i think if we're comparing screenplays i i think it's uh, 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 <laughs> we we can we uh, you can talk about it being too long you can talk about it being really samey if you're not paying attention to to what was accomplished in the script of the Irishman, well, I don't know what to say. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> like, then you're not you're not paying attention to the actual writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Steven Zalian's script for that is really good. I, I, I guess I wish that had gotten one thing, just one thing would have made me happy. Yeah, but you know, it's it's yes, it's the one they should have swapped out. <laughs> Jojo could have gone home empty-handed. And life would have been just fine. Uh, they could have also given editing to it, other than Ford v Ferrari. Um, that was a weird one. Well, you know that's that's that. Of course, if you, if you know your Oscar history, uh, it's interesting that 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 is the category that you, you sort of have to at least be nominated for to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very rare that a film wins Best Picture and isn't at least nominated for Best Editing. And so, when 1917 wasn't there. 
you realize, well, that kind of opens up the field back when everybody thought that was going to be the obvious winner. Uh, and so I kind of, I mean, I'm okay with Ford versus Ferrari winning. It's, it's a finely edited movie. I, I, and it, because it does a lot of, it, it, it is well edited in a variety of different ways. It's not just that the action scenes are really well directed. The, you know, the, the scenes that are kind of actiony, but are actually dramatic pieces are really well done. I love, I love the scene, uh, when Christian Bale's having the fight with his wife <laughs> and she's driving, that's a, <laughs> that's a beautifully done sequence. Uh, I highly encourage anybody to go check it out. If you haven't seen it, it is edited, uh, for tension and comedy in just fantastic ways. That's, it's a really, really great work. I have no problem with it winning, but yes, I would have been fine with almost any of those films winning, quite frankly. <laughs> Um, looking down the list of winners, and I don't know that I have anything else to say about them. I, I This is the first year I did not get to see any of the shorts this year. Uh, we tried to make it out to the Detroit Film Theater to see the short program, and they were all sold out the entire time. Um, and I would love to see some of those. Did you see any of them? Or? I didn't this year. I let those go. I, I didn't see any of those. I'll be honest. I haven't seen any of the feature documentaries. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think I have either. I like last year was really horrible with like school and everything, just keeping everything kind of at arm's length for me. Um, and I think documentaries really, I, I the two documentaries I loved, uh, Apollo 11 and amazing grace were shut out. Um, but now I have a whole list of things I need to look at and Honeyland, the screener for that has been sitting on my end table for like two weeks and, I feel like I need to get around <laughs> to that one. I, I've heard nothing but great things about that. And American Factory, which ended up winning. And that's just Indeed. a Netflix push away. And there's no excuse for it, except I just haven't had the time. Of course. So, um, yeah, anything about the show itself? Uh, that that I was I, I really enjoyed the opening, uh, calling, calling out all the movies that were not nominated. Uh, and the lack of diversity that ended up kind of i mean this ended up being like we said a very diverse group of winners but uh the, the opening number i learned what janelle monet was so I, <laughs> I i i am not hip to today's music so i spent about the first 30 minutes googling who is on stage at the oscars and uh didn't have that I, feeling again until the rapper came up to uh give us the the recap i am uh i am uh, uh <laughs> as much as i love musicals I don't ever want to see production numbers at the Oscars. I, I hate them. I, I think they are nothing but network time killers. Uh, I've never seen one that in my mind, it, I, I, I can't recall one. I was ever like, that was really good. That really added something to the show. The, you know, I, I don't, I just, I just don't believe that. I perform the nominated songs. Absolutely. I don't mind watching people sing. I just don't need that elaborate production number. It's, it's 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 a movie show. I can watch. I'll watch clip reels all day long. I love well edited montages of things. I thought it was interesting to cut together the five. You know, each of the acting categories, the nominees, each of the acting categories. You know, to have a whole uh, yeah, like to have that. a whole montage comparing and contrasting them as opposed to your typical, you know, just show the big moment moment mm -hmm. uh, when each name is announced. That was interesting. I, I didn't think they were all great. But uh, but I was fine with it. I like it when they do things like you know that that montage of memorable moments of songs being used in movies. Again, I wasn't enamored of the result of it, but I'm glad they tried it. I think that's more interesting. It's a show about movies, so show us show us movies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I want to see. I, I know I'm not watching the Tonys. Uh, I'm watching the movie awards show. So let's 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 do that. So I didn't care about that. Uh, uh, Steve Martin and Chris Rock, I thought were fine. Uh, just, just, just let Maya Rudolph host everything is yes. really my my opinion in life. Uh, just, just let pair up and trade off Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, Amy Poehler, and and, and Tina Fey, and, and you know some combination of the two of them can host everything for the rest of time, and that's the way it should be. My wife and I were just, we just finished The Good Place, because uh, The Good Place just ended, but uh, Maya Rudolph pops up in there a few times. And 
I had the thought when she when she showed up this season. Maya Rudolph makes everything about twenty five percent better, no matter what it is. Oh yeah, she is just such a delight to see on anything, and it just baffles me that she is not, you know, headlining movies or like you said, an awards show host. I I, I would grab her for everything. Uh, she's always so much fun to watch, and. They tried out Will Ferrell all the time, who really, that is a diminishing returns on that one. But uh, I, I, yeah. would, I would easily turn in, tune in to watch uh, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph host the Oscars next year. Um, and, and you get Amy Poehler or Tina Fey in there, but they, they have the Golden Globes. They'll be fine. But uh, Maya Rudolph is just, I love watching her show up. and just, When she just starts singing randomly, it is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I adore that she is so cool that she goes to the Oscars without Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> how, how great is that? How fantastic is that marriage? They're not married. How fantastic is that couple? <laughs> Does he just not attend? <laughs> that she doesn't need to have him there. That's so great. <laughs> Does he just not attend at all? Or He wasn't there? I know he's, he's attended in the past when he's been nominated. Okay. And he would certainly be, I mean, you know, there's no... There, uh, you know, there's. There, I, I would love to know why he wasn't there. He may, may very well be shooting. He might very oh, yeah, well be yeah. working. I mean, or or he's at home with the kids. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, he's 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 an LA kid. I, I, there's no reason. I just love the fact that he that he didn't that that that, that he's not there. I think is fantastic. I don't know whether it was. I, I would love to know the decision-making process. I would love to know who's working. I would love to know if it's I'm taking care of the kids. I would love to know if it's something like I don't want to detract from, you know, it, it, I may get more attention than you and you're the one that we're here for tonight. So <laughs> I just won't go at all and we won't have this problem. Uh, I have no idea, but I, I just love that it happened that way. I hope it doesn't indicate some sort of problem in the relationship. Oh, no. She's <laughs> but, just Maya Rudolph. She's just going to show up. and uh... She's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, see, I didn't mind the singing and dancing numbers, except for the fact that they spent time on that, and the honorary winners don't get to speak. Yeah, that so not even clips of that. Of, yes, of that banquet. That's awful. Yeah, yeah, that's awful. Agreed. Uh, completely agreed. Um, do you do want to do you like the no host? Because I loved it last year, and I felt this year it turned the whole thing into kind of an incoherent like jumble. Uh, I was really confused about they would have presenters for presenters sometimes, and then sometimes they would just start whatever they were doing. And, and I was so confused half the show with what was going on. It's the Oscar telecast. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Have we seen anything about the ratings? Do we know how well it did TV-wise? It did bad. It did bad. It dropped. It, it dropped. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's also the fact that people just don't watch network TV live half the time anymore. Like every awards ceremony has dropped because TV is not what it was 20 years ago. Like the way exactly. people watch TV. And and really, I, I mean, yeah, it, it makes me just kind of frustrated as I'm watching it. But in the end, like you said, I'm there to see who wins and I'm going to watch anyway, no matter if there's a host or not. So, so yeah, that is the Oscars. Exactly. Do you have anything else on the show? We or? can put the movie year to bed, finally. We can, and we can start it's waiting over. for them to learn all the wrong lessons from this year. <laughs> and we shall see. We shall see. In just another 12 months, <laughs> as we, who as, takes home the 2020 Oscars? As we get another uh, long lineup of gritty DC comic villain movies. I can, <laughs> I cannot wait for the last temptation of Condiment King. It's going to be so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's probably going to happen, isn't it? <sighs> well, Perry, that brings us to the end of our episode and the end of our first season, and we are ending this first season almost exactly a year. After we started, which I guess is fitting with the season. Um, so I want to thank you for doing this for the last year, and we will be back in two months. So I'm looking forward to it. In the meantime, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Perry Loves Film. You can hear me every Friday morning 
uh, on the Lucy and Lance show on WLBY in Ann Arbor. Uh, you, you like to watch movies? Do you live near Ypsilanti, Michigan? Come on out to the Ypsilanti Library to Film Club. I run the film club out there. We see a new movie uh, – not a new movie. We see a movie every month, and then two weeks later we get together again and we talk about it. It's just like a book club, but it's movies. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you, you can find me third row center at your local multiplex. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, right now you can find me on Twitter at mere Christianity. And that's about it. I've taken a little bit of a step back for the next few months on writing and podcasting, but, uh, in two months you can find me again on wasting time and back here. And, uh, yeah, but in the meantime, I'm on Twitter. I'm active on Twitter when I'm avoiding everything else. So, <laughs> and I will say, if you pay attention to the, uh, we're watching here, Twitter and Facebook feeds. You'll 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 see some new content there every once in a while over these couple months. We're not we're not out of touch. No, we're not no, we're away. not Don't out of touch. Worry. And uh, I think we're gonna be texting each other nice ideas for episodes when we get back. So about two months, we will have new episodes for you. I'll start retweeting some of the old ones so you can catch up. And uh, we'll see you back here this spring.